as the season draws nearer, Liverpool's hopes of the quadruple are still very much alive, but can they achieve the impossible and claim the fabled quartet of trophies? We caught up with Flash Score, Redmen TV, and last word on football writer Tom Cunningham to talk all things LFC. season have had an incredible year they've already got two cups in in the collection going for the quadruple just first of all as a writer and as a Liverpool fan what have you made of of the season so far it's been probably the best season ever to cover for me uh, I don't think we'll get near uh, domestic cups uh, to be honest uh, because we rarely rarely go for them but a squad uh, that we have has enabled us to do that and then Champions League um, is always feels like with us because once Liverpool was on the European stage, we're, we've always progressed in that. Then the Premier League is, although we might end up losing that to push City this far when we was 14 points behind, I think it was at one point, uh, it's incredible, especially after last season, uh, just about making fourth. The fact that the Anderson header put us into the Champions League, more or less, and then we're in the final this year uh, is just almost sums up Liverpool on the young club side. Yeah, and it's been an amazing turnaround, like you say, from from last year when, for example, Nathaniel Phillips and, and Reese Williams were predominantly playing at centre-back. Obviously, Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip and, and Joe Gomez was basically out for the entire season. Um, of course, you know, those players played a massive part, as Jürgen Klopp said recently, in, in getting the club to this point. But in terms of this season, with the addition of Konate, Matip is looking a lot better now in terms of fitness. Van Dijk's been there all season. Uh, can you sum up the, the differences between this Liverpool side as a whole when you compare the two squads between last season and this year? Because it's almost just worlds apart from where they were last year. Well, it's about um, the experience this set of players have compared to last season. You had like you said, Reese Williams and Nathaniel Phillips at the back, and Jordan Henderson playing centre back beside Fabinho. And now with everyone back, Fabinho's back in that uh, defensive midfielder role. That makes a huge difference. Van Dijk and Canarse and Matty um, are all, all playing a big part, and that allows us to have the high line as well. And um, steps onto the front foot far better than last season. And it's obviously helped Allison a lot more uh, play to, to his strengths. Um, so it's, I'd say it's experience and, and know-how and to be able to consistently challenge this city side I don't think any other side in the world could get near this Man City side in a 38 game season so the experience these set of players have is crucial Are you surprised obviously Liverpool now with beating Southampton um, last night are you surprised that it's gone to the last day of the season not only with the depth of that Man City squad, but also the fact that Liverpool were over 10 points behind in, in January. Did you expect at any point in the season to get to the stage where they have gone into the final day one point behind? Or, or did you think maybe earlier on, for example, just before the two-all draw late last year, maybe, that City were going to run away with it? I thought um, before the season started, I, I didn't think we'd be near the title. It felt more like a recovery year re-establish ourselves again but as soon as the second half of the season came around Diaz came in it just something seemed to click and then the turning point seemed to be when Man City lost the Spurs 
that's when I've really believed, okay, there's something here for us now. We, they've got Villa on the final day. The Premier script writers wouldn't have it any other way. They, with Coutinho and Gerard to face, it simply had to go down to the, to the final weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a massive, uh, a massive day for for Villa and, and Gerald, as you say. I mean, um, a former Liverpool manager winning the league for for Liverpool on the last day, but it's obviously a massive ask against that Manchester City side um, with the players that they've got, with the with the fact that they pushed Liverpool very hard. For example, last week, yes, it was at Villa Park and it was midweek and it was all the things that you expect from uh, from an Aston Villa game away from home, but. Is, is there a chance that Villa can take something off the City because they just need to draw? There's always a chance. Um, and Phil Coutinho is involved. There's just something there. You just can't help but um, say that there's still something there for Liverpool to um, to take. Of course, I could be wrong. And ultimately, City could uh, knock five past Villa in the space of 45 minutes. With, um, Villa's defensively and a uh, concert. Is now out for that game. So that's a, a big, big miss for them. Well, listen, we'll see what happens. It just depends if the nerves get to City. They're capable of dropping points. If City, if uh, Villa take the game to them, uh, that's how you do it. And I'd love for Phil Coutinho to redeem himself almost for us. Yeah, it'd be great to see from a, a Liverpool perspective. Uh, you mentioned Luis Diaz. I wanted to touch on him as well because it's been a bit of a conundrum really since he's come in. The fact that you know, he doesn't speak any English. He's come straight into English football, and he's he's looked like he's been there for for years already. He's able to uh, to communicate brilliantly with Andy Robertson on the left side. Jurgen Klopp said that he's been speaking to Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, and he has no idea how they communicate. It's just been it's been really strange, you know, to see how he's just been able to to integrate himself within this side because so many times we see players come from abroad and they're just not really able to to get used to to the English game. Have you been able to kind of observe anything about him that, that makes you uh, kind of I don't know, understand why he's been able to settle in so well? I think it's, it's kind of the way uh, his pressing seemed instantly. Um, is, is it, it's understood it straight away, which is so difficult with his current system. And it's sort of a nod to our recruitment. We won't we'll rarely recruit the wrong player. No matter who it is, we've got the big players out there. We seem to find players that are not as known and not as targeted, that just fit our system, that's crucial. But I've never seen a player adapt straight away, even um, Salah kind of adapted as quick as this. Um, so system-wise, obviously, started scoring goals instantly, but system-wise, and defensively as well, Diaz, uh, has been incredible um, from, from that perspective as well, which I haven't seen before. It's very similar to uh, Sadio Mane as well, uh, defensively, and that is a part of the game which probably isn't praised as highly as it should be. And it helps a lot more than people think. Yeah. And 144 goals now for the Liverpool side as of last night, which is uh, obviously a, a big number. Um, it, it, they could uh, potentially get to uh, to 90 points or more in the Premier League for the, for the third time this season. If of course they can, uh, they can win on, on Sunday. Um, I mean, we touched on it before, obviously, the fact that it was maybe a bit unexpected at the start of the season. Um, I wanted to, on that on that vein, talk about, about Chelsea because this kind of, those kind of stats are something that I expected to see from Chelsea at the start of the season. Are you surprised that they've not been in this battle more? Um, I always thought they would drop off because the consistency needed 
to compete with this City side is something I just don't think their current squad is experienced enough and capable of. They've got fantastic players, a fantastic manager, but I always felt the lack of almost attacking threat sometimes from them would limit them. They're brilliant defensively. They're by no means side of a defensive system, but compared to Liverpool City, that lack of free-flying football at, some, at times could just affect them. I just thought if Lukaku didn't work out, which he hasn't, they wouldn't be able to keep up. Why do you think it hasn't worked for, for Lukaku at Chelsea? We'll obviously come back to Liverpool in a second, but again, as, as a striker that I, I personally suspected was going to cause uh, quite a few problems in the Premier League this season, coming back to English football, having already been there with, with United, there was kind of a perception that the Chelsea style might suit him better than United did, and he might find his Everton form again. Why has he not been able to, to imprint himself on this title battle? Well, I think it's to do with a lot of things from a, a personal perspective for him. Um, it's maybe not enjoying it. Uh, Chelsea had that massive controversial interview, didn't he, a few months back about uh, Inter Milan. And just the lack of free-flowing football again from Chelsea. It needs um, that intensity uh, going forward uh, that Guardiola would offer, Klopp would offer, Antonio Conte offers. And as well, he's just... I think he needs a strike partner. As you look at him and the other options he has to partner him, Timo Werner, not the greatest option you'll find. You look at his in today, he has Lutaro Martinez as well, and that partnership worked really well. He's to bounce each other and Lukaku had great success. So if you look ahead to next season, maybe Armando Broja could maybe upset the odds and be a success story at Chelsea with Lukaku, but for now it's, it seems it's going to be a failed transfer. Yeah, well, um, we'll come back to Liverpool now, of course, tr- trying to go for, for the Champions League also. Um, one thing I see a lot on social media, uh, and I kind of want your, your response to it, is uh, what do you make of people who say that they've had a, an easy run, for example, playing teams like Villarreal, uh, Atletico Madrid this season, and, and, and AC Milan, who are you know, very good very good sides, obviously. Um, what do you make of people that, that or, or those, those kind of... Uh, let's say suggestions that they haven't had the most difficult run to the to the final this season to play to play Real Madrid. I mean, we had the, the group of death. Many called a lot of people called it in the group stages. AC Milan, Atletico Madrid. Um, so, and then we January reason we had Villarreal, for example, is because they knocked out Bayern Munich and Juventus. Uh, there's nothing, nothing we can do about that. Uh, you've got to play what's in front of you. And uh, before that, we've had Benfica. Um, admittedly that's, that's an easy easy side to play really for a side of our stature but again we can't um, I don't think it's been a really easy run it's just especially the group stages and then Villarreal who they knocked out there's, there's always a chance for an upset there and they very really did uh, and now we've got round in the final it's just yeah rival fans are always going, going to say that no matter what it felt you know we could have at the end of the day we could have played Bayern Munich in the last four if they didn't mess up in the first place so they could have gone either way uh, 24th European final coming up for, for Liverpool Real Madrid of course the, the opponents um, is there going to be any kind of thought about what happened four years ago do you think Mohamed Salah has already said that he wants he wants revenge before Madrid even beat City so he wanted revenge over them um, is that something that can factor in for Liverpool or do they just have to focus on getting the job done on the night well, I think we're a side that uh, focus on emotions for the best of our, of our playing style. Uh, whereas 
same as City, they're more uh, tactical, they're more robotic, we're more of an emotional side that can help us. So it won't surprise me if it's mentioned by Klopp and by some players that revenge is is on the agenda. Um, and that should spur us on, especially Salah. He's a person that loves to have that moment uh, and he loves on the big stage. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what spurred him on, gets himself a goal or two or maybe three. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> What are your predictions for the final? Because we know that Liverpool aren't a side that get things done easily. Uh, they don't like to win games 3-0. They don't like to put games to bed. They always like it to be tight. And, and in the last minute, we've seen Madrid, of course, create some of the most amazing Champions League moments in, in recent memory with, with the late comeback against City. They've proven themselves as real escape artists in the last couple of rounds. Um, do you think Liverpool have maybe just that bit more kind of fortitude than the likes of City do to hold on to Leeds when they're under pressure late on because it didn't really look like City were under any pressure at all until Rodrigo scored those those two goals do you think that experience for Liverpool and just the, the stature of, of the club and where it's come from and all of that that's preceded it do you think all of that with the squad they have as well puts Liverpool in better stead to protect the lead against Madrid than, than City were able to for example I think it does in a way you look at City in the past as well where they they bowled it against Spurs, against Leon, and that's that was probably in their minds. And we haven't had that yet, uh, so I'll make a, a bold prediction. It'll probably come back to bite me, but I want to say two-one Liverpool. Maybe we're going to two-nil lead. They'll get one back to make us a bit nervous. But I'm worried a little bit about the battle of uh, Vinicius Junior against Alexander Arnold. I know he struggled last time he faced Real Madrid against him. So yeah, I'm confident, but aware of the threat round to oppose us. Um, what about the front three as well? It's possible. Uh, I say front three, there's 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 much more than that now for Liverpool, but it's, it's possible uh, that the game against Madrid will be the last time that we see Salah, Firmino and, and Mane in the same squad. There's all sorts of interest about uh, about Sadio Mane uh, potentially going to Bayern Munich in the, um, in the summer. What do you make of, of the chances of that happening? Do you think those three will still be still all be at the club next season, given that Firmino's kind of accepted more of a fringe role this season, which he's played well. But do you almost wonder if it gets to the stage for, for for those two? For example, Firmino's been there for seven years, Mane's been there for six years. Do you think it almost gets to the stage where those two might just start thinking maybe it's time to move on to something something different in their careers? I think Mane's played himself into a new contract. Hopefully, he's got a new role. Um, in the false nine now, no one expected that. His clock again worked his magic and it's worked perfection. But as for Firmino, I think he's probably done now for Liverpool. You, you hate to say he's been a brilliant, brilliant player, uh, one of the best we'll probably see in the false nine role, um, especially in his prime. But you look at him now, I don't see a role for him in this side. And if you're him, you want to be playing in your, in your final years. I don't know where he can end up. Um, probably Spanish football. I could see him there. Uh, Barcelona. Uh, I could see that. Similar to Bamiang from Arsenal. A deal similar to that I could see. And uh, Mohamed Salah as well, obviously. Is, uh, there's talks about a new contract, which um, I think are probably going a little bit better than what's being painted out, I would say, in, in, in the media. Both sides seem to, to want to get it done. Um, 
I mean, he, he's someone who, you know, with his current record at the club, he's been a bit maligned this season by some fans for not scoring as many goals, but his, his contribution to the game has, has been just amazing every every time he's played for Liverpool this season. I mean, um, he looks like a player that wants to spend his best years at Liverpool and his best years might not have even come yet. Yeah, he, he loves it at Liverpool. And the contract situation is a difficult one. He wants a certain number, whether we're given that number or not, I'm not sure yet. I think we should. Is that good? But in terms of him and himself, if he leaves, he'll be aware of what's happened to other players that have left. Phil Coutinho, Emery Chan, um, Ginny Wilder last summer, they've all gone elsewhere and struggled. Salah is too good probably to have that same fate happen. But the, you look at Liverpool now, they're going for a quadruple. There's no other side in the world where you can, uh, where it's proven you can win all four trophies that you're competing for. So there's no better place for him to be, surely. Yeah, I surely think so. And I wanted to, uh, actually, that's a, that's a good point to, to kind of lead on from because you mentioned just just now players leave Liverpool and, and they end up struggling a little bit, like like Emre Shan, Jeannie Van Alden, very recently, Fernando Torres, of course, when he left uh, 11, 11 years ago and, and his career kind of took a, a downward spiral from there when he, when he went to Chelsea. Um, Conversely, of course, you've got people like Iago Aspas who, who went back to Spain and started firing in goals again. Um, is it, is it a, just kind of the, the culture of playing for a club like Liverpool that, that can either make or break a striker? Or is it just the fact that sometimes English football can be so much different to what it is uh, elsewhere? Is there a particular pattern that you can point to as to why those players have struggled since they've left? I think it's um, still with Liverpool almost. Uh, the the strength we have in this squad and the system we have as well will hide their weaknesses if they have any, of course, and, and benefit their strengths. So if they go elsewhere, you look at one album, instantly being exposed um, in a different role in a very much weaker system. Um, so I think it is still our system and obviously the Premier League as well. Players coming in who struggle, um, the intensity is always there. I think Aspas going back to him, struggle under Brendan Rodgers, but strangely enough, I think under Jürgen Klopp, he would have probably been a success story as an almost Coutinho-like player. Uh, they have quite a few similarities in their creative roles, um, but I suppose more of a goal scorer as well. And um, Jürgen Klopp as well, obviously taken over from Brendan Rodgers in, in, in 2015. First of all, I mean, he's won every trophy that's available to him now as, as Liverpool manager. If you take yourself back to 2015, you know the day that that Brendan Rodgers got got sacked, it was obviously it had been coming for a few months. It's six one defeat to Stoke. There was, I'd say, from me probably a little bit of surprise actually that he was he was still in the job going into that following season. And then obviously Jurgen Klopp gets announced not long afterwards. What were your thoughts? Did you have any sort of uh, predictions for the future when he first signed for, for the club, and, and did you think it would ever get to this point? I mean, I was hopeful because um, we all knew how good Jürgen Klopp was. But at the time, if you asked me if we'd win the Premier League or just one trophy, uh, the unambitious <laughs> younger me would have said no chance. And I would sit here, I've seen us win it all. Uh, down, it's all down to Jürgen Klopp. He's one of the best managers we'll ever see in English football. There's, there'll always be a debate there. Could um, Is he better than Pep or... Is he up there with Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger? But for me, the turnaround he's he's implemented at Liverpool 
uh, puts him up there next to the next to the very best. He signed, of course, uh, a, a new contract. There was again a little bit of fear that he might might end up leaving his his wife in the end, convinced him to stay because she loves it in the in the city so much. Um, it's going to mean that for now, at least, obviously, Steven Gerrard's going to have to wait a little bit longer if he is to become the next Liverpool manager. Do you think that's a good thing in in a way? Of course, the fact that Klopp's staying, but also the fact that. Gerard now is going to have a few more years under his belt before inevitably one day he'll surely become Liverpool manager. Uh, all in all, it, it, it's a it's a good thing for for all parties. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the thought of Klopp leaving as early as he was going to leave um, was definitely a scary one. But if you look at our squad now, of course, there's no way young Klopp was going to leave when he has his best squad he's ever had available for Liverpool and. Thankfully, his wife convinced him to stay. <laughs> but in terms of um, Steven Gerrard, he's a full season at Villa to really convince people. I think he's struggled for consistency probably too much since he's come in to English football. But if he does well next season, then there'll be eyes on him again. But even when, when Klopp does leave, Pep Linders, our assistant, will be, t- will be tipped for a job, um, as will others. So we'll see. Gerrard eventually one day, like I say, is guaranteed to get a stint in charge. And sticking with the with the coaching theme, I remember a few years ago um, when when Zelko Bubach left due to uh, some some personal reasons. Everybody thought that everything was going to go downhill for for Liverpool. Um, did you? How much of the success do you accredit to? backroom stuff like Pep Lenders, like Bubach before when he first came in. He was a big help to Klopp in those in those first couple of years um, since coming in. They, they obviously employed a, a throwing coach as well uh, a few years ago just to focus on those on those minor details. How much of it do you credit to all of the backroom staff as well as as well as the players and, and have they maybe got one of the best in the league? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, massive credit goes to them because I think Klopp said in the past his weaknesses are covered by those around him um, and he's Pep Binders lives in Bruce football. He's an old uh, tactician. He was on Coach's Voices recently, I think it's called, um, on the Liverpool Barcelona comeback game. And he's just such a good man to have next to Klopp, uh, football knowledge wise. I'm sure in a few years' time, when Liverpool's story of success is explored more, he'll be given a lot more credit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... And uh, just obviously, you know, coming back to to the the whole theme of of the quadruple and and if they can if they can beat City the Premier League trophy if they can beat Real Madrid, if they win the quadruple this season, for example, what what happens next for, for, for Liverpool? Is it just build on it? Is it kind of introduce some new players to kind of freshen up the the, the squad? What would you say are, are the next steps if they do manage to win everything available to them this season? Uh, at that point, you might as well just give up football, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, I, we'll, we'll have a bit of a clear out. Maybe the players, you know, Reed is leaving, Firmino could leave, Marley, dare I say Salah. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think the focus will be on the league mainly because you can't help but think if we just, if we get the league, you will then defend it. That's something Klopp hasn't done yet. Um, and even if we, if we get a Trevor only, then the main folks are going to leave again because just one thing we'll miss out on. So, uh, to, I don't know what will motivate the players too much. I guess defending the, the silverware will be the main thing that gets them going for next year. 
do you think some of that motivation as well uh, obviously defending it obviously it went so horribly wrong the last time there were there were clearly reasons for that with with, with the injuries for example um do you think they might almost be galvanized by the fact that because it went so on so wrong last time defending the premier league trophy they'll want to to, to do a better job of it basically this time if they do manage to win the champ uh, the uh, the premier league yeah they'll be eager to do it in front of fans um as well and have a proper proper go at it because Last time when it was top of Christmas and then one final injury happened to Matip and we had no one left. So uh, Van Dijk in particular uh, will want the chance to, to prove that he and the rest of his teammates are capable of doing it.